Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Kyle Coster Show presented by The Big Lead. I'm Kyle Coster. I am back in Michigan. It's been two weeks since we played baseball. I took the time to rehab my arm, travel to Iowa to see family. And while I was there, I visited the Field of Dreams. Uh, My guest today to talk about the International Baseball League of West Michigan is Jeremy Stokes. And I was thinking to myself, because I'm a big Field of Dreams guy, and I was going to come on and ask you if you were a Field of Dreams guy. And I feel like I've never been more confident in my life that you're going to say yes, <laughs> because everything I know about your personality suggests that, yeah, you have definitely seen that movie 50 times and it's near right. and your own heart. Right. Regularly quote it during games, you know, the whole deal. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, when uh, I saw a video of you and, uh, and the kids running around down there, I was, tra- I was 10 the first time I went there. And, uh, you know, it was one of those, it was like a weekend and it was a round robin game. So you just jumped in and you took your swing and then you ran out into whatever position the guy, you know, it was like one of those, oh, wait, baseball could just be a game. We could just play. Doesn't mean we don't even need a score. <laughs> like This is awesome. Yeah. Big field of dreams guy. I was glad to see you got to go. What was it like with the, uh, the new giant ballpark out there? Cause you'd been there before, right? Yeah, I had, I had been there once when I was seven years old and my oldest son is seven now. So there was some really neat bookends there. Um, So that was 1991. And the field is set up now because the second annual game between the Cubs and the Cardinals is on August 11th, I believe. But interestingly enough, that's not a permanent structure out there. I guess I was under the assumption that they built a stadium for this event and it was going to be there, but no, it all comes in these shipping containers and they assemble it on site when the time comes to the game. So the actual field itself, there wasn't much of a change to it. I had forgotten there was a little bit of a hill in right center, but it's kind of small. Like it's not a full size ball field, but the only right. difference is, is beyond left center, you have this giant scaffolding structure with the scoreboard and then the stadium with big scaffolding stadium seating set up down the lines but really they don't allow you to go see it because it's an active construction site so it really sure. wasn't too different except for maybe having like a little bit more capitalism and like a more <laughs> stocked gift shop but it seems still seems right. to be like they want it to remain timeless and the same thing that yeah. was going on there when i was seven was going on last week where it was people running the bases throwing the ball from home plate taking a few swings and really just enjoying the moment and being at that scenic place but it was great and i and i think that having that willingness to appreciate that movie and to be 
earnest like that is something that not everybody's going to do, but there's a lot of value to it if you really take the message home. And I'll tell you, yeah. going, and going as an adult, seeing it through the dad perspective of, of Ray, uh, that movie, then it really hits a completely different way. Yeah, I, I, I buy that for sure. Yeah, so summer of 91 was when I was there too. <laughs> so there you go. That's kind of wild. Uh, that's awesome. That's so. I'm so glad you got to do that. So as I said before, we got to get back out there after two weeks. We are playing with new divisions now. Uh, I'm going to try to tell you them, but I think I'm going to hold <laughs> off on that because I'm still not 100% sure what's going on. I know who's at the top, but when we get to looking around the league at the standings and the scores, you know, I might have a, what they would call in journalism, a fatal error. And I hate to do that. I just wanted to warn people at the outset, but we played the Marlins and this was my first time seeing them because I was gone when you played previously, when Joel Slack hit two home runs and we played out at Belknap and they have had a very underachieving year. And we've been on this podcast talking about, you know, it's really surprising because they're really good ball players. And I think what we saw out there yesterday as we were able to beat them 15 to five was just not able to get a core core group together week to week. They were playing significantly shorthanded, I think. And I think that showed up in a few places uh, for them. And it seems like they have, you know, the ability to play with anybody. It's just a matter of getting the right roster out there each and every single week. That was certainly my sense of it. It's also just really hard to gauge how good a team is when they put themselves down. You know, we batted around three innings in a row and it was on a lot of walks and hit batters. And that's just a, you know, it's like, you can't really gauge. I was kind of saying to a couple of guys when I was out on the bases, just like, this is kind of a bummer because it'd be a more competitive game if, if we just didn't have that one thing going on where everybody's getting walked. And, it, you know, that's how that's baseball sometimes, but it seems like that's kind of bit them throughout the year. And that kind of continues to be the thing. They didn't make a bunch of errors. They've actually made some good defensive plays up the middle, especially. And, you know, when you walk, to, I don't know, what was it, 15 guys, something like that was six hit batter. It was some crazy number. Um, it's just real hard to win like that. It was a tremendous amount of free passes, either via the walk or being hit. I think we had six hit batsmen. Nobody got yeah. hurt. That's the good thing. But I think at the plate, we were disciplined and, and put up pretty good at bats. And that started from the very first batter of the game. I remember Ariel was down 0-2, and then he worked his way to a full count, may have fouled off a few pitches, and then earned yeah. a walk. And we were off and running after that. Joel hits a seeing eye signal to right field, and it seemed like everybody who was up after that, AJ with a little blooper to right, as has become his custom uh, and his rite of passage each and every single day, is to get the same hit to right field to drive in a run. We, they just couldn't get outs. It was either the walk or it was a well-placed ball or it was a defensive miscue. Like you mentioned, it was 6-0 to zero after one. It was 12-1 to one after two. I'm on the mound, and obviously my game plan from going out there in the top of the first inning, having no idea what this game is going to be, changes once we get that big lead. And I'm able to just kind of pitch to contact, try not to walk anybody, just make them string hits together. And they weren't able to do that. 
and they never really got going against me. The only way that they were able to score was through some defensive miscues, both yep. physical and mental, some stuff that we definitely have to shore up. My stuff was pretty good, but I think I only struck out one in five innings, but it was just a testament, I think, to what you can do if you attack the batters and you don't give them any type of ability to reach base without earning it. Just survey the two teams yesterday and you see exactly what happened in the final score. Yeah, I think that's right on. And, and uh, yeah, absolutely. If we play the way we did yesterday against a team like the A's, we're going to lose. <laughs> you can't, we, we dropped some stuff, not fielding in, uh, you know, ground balls, overthrows from the outfield. There was, there was a lot yesterday that, that needed to be cleaned up, but I was also thinking uh, after the game, driving home going, you know, it's kind of hard to say, oh, well, we, you know, if we play that same game in a different situation, we lose because we didn't have a 12. <laughs> it's hard to concentrate in the outfield with a 12 run lead too. You know, that everything gets a little bit sloppier and maybe that's sort of part of why the game isn't quite as much fun at that point. Right. Is it's just, you, uh, it, you're not, no one's quite as focused. Yeah, that's that's the question I have coming away from this game is is how much we really learned about ourselves, Uh, because with the long layoff, I forgot that we lost to the Padres, to be honest. The time off had been so significant for me that I was like, oh, yeah, we did lose that game. I guess I had moved on past it. So on one hand, it was like, yes, the offense showed what it could do by putting up tough at best. Ariel's bat getting going here is the biggest thing to happen to us. Cooper's ability to play a pretty decent shortstop, I thought was really good. Uh, it's nice to know that there are options in the infield. I went over to second base and we, the defense didn't drop down at all. So again, it kind of showed our depth. AJ in relief was good. He was throwing hard. I think that they got one run off him, but he was able to shut the door with some foot traffic in the seventh. I, I thought that it was a nice rebound and I thought that it was a nice way to respond. And it was certainly nice to not have the stress of the situation we're in right now, where we can't afford to lose one game. It was nice to kind of have that breather early and be able to know that we were going to win and kind of cruise to it. And I do think that some of the negatives were brought about by the large score and the big deficit between us. And I would even argue that probably our at bats got a lot less focused uh, and we probably could have scored more. So I think that more than anything, I think it was a really nice performance. A lot of positive things to take away. And you look at what we need to do. We know that it's really these small areas to fix, these areas of mental focus um, and just being a bit crisper, fielding the ball and running the bases. The point being, there's small things. We're not at this point of the season addressing large gaping holes with no solutions on the horizon. No, and if you have a kick ball now and again, but you got, uh, you know, Ariel who was hitting what, like 210 for 75% of the year, you know, hitting the ball the way that he did yesterday and just his comfort level and just how, what a scary leadoff guy he is. It really, you know, it changes the whole lineup if he's hitting because. He's going to be on base. And then the back end of the lineup where we're, where I'm sitting now, I'm now I'm really just trying to get on base. 
And that's the only thing because as soon as Ariel comes back up, we're going to be running, <laughs> you know, and it's, uh, it's good stuff. It, it, it really does change the, the complexion of, of the team. And it, I think depth uh, is the thing that we have. I and mean, we only, we only fit nine guys yesterday and we batted around. I know I had five at bats from the nine hole yesterday. You know, that's uh that's not common in seven innings, right? That's not a, not a common occurrence. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm really looking forward to next week. Next week is, is, a, is a really important bounce back for us. Let's look around the league at the scores. We had the White Sox beating the Royals 15 to 5 as they stay in the playoff chase. The Pirates nipped the Tigers 7 to 5. Mariners rolled over the power 15 to 2, which I got to say, the power have been playing some really good baseball. That's a nice win for the Mariners in a game that yeah. they have. The Padres stay hot. Another great pitching performance from a true ace in this league, beating the Braves nine to four. And then the game before our 15 to five victory featured the A's beating up on the first place Cardinals 11 to three and really looking a lot better and really looking like the A's of old. So let's start with that first game, pitting two of the top teams in this league could be a championship preview of eight Cardinals. And it's really interesting to see it go this way because that suggests that the Cardinals were nowhere near what they've been all season, no matter how good the A's were. I mean, they were missing those guys we've been talking about all year. And I think that, I, I, I mean, in a week, we kind of assumed a fair amount of this, but without those guys, a completely different team, completely different team, defensively, offensively, all the way around. Um, and definitely, definitely the pitching falls off sharply from those, those three guys. So yeah, it opens up, it, it opens it up. I think it, it was interesting to watch kind of both dugouts, just real different body language from both. I mean, there was so much swagger in the Cardinals uh, dugout every time I've seen them this, this year. And there was none of that. It was quiet. There wasn't a whole lot well, until maybe after the game. And then uh, the A's doing the A's thing, you know, just all the swagger, all the thing that you expect from that group. I definitely think that was a bit of a changing of the guard. And we'll see. It, I think it depends on who shows up. It's funny you mentioned that swagger because the A's looked like the A's of old. They had a full dugout. They had some big dudes. They had some hitters. That lineup they had out there yesterday, that was not the lineup they had on opening day. And yeah. it was much scarier. So A's are going to be lurking there. We don't think they're going to get one of the top two spots unless something kind of crazy happens. But, I mean, they're going to be as tough of an out as is possible. The Padres are a problem. It's not smoke and mirrors. They keep beating good teams. And they keep doing it with a pitcher who knows how to pitch, who has the yep. ability to go deep into games. And that is what separates teams in this league. I mean, yeah, he went, he went eight, he went eight strong on a hundred pitches. Is what he, and, and just, you know, wiping guys out with that change up again. So if he's locating down, he can't hit that guy. <laughs> At least no one's figured it out yet. So it, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that game too. I mean, we're in the division with them, so I that I think that's going to be a real bellwether for uh, playoff chances. You know, the Braves basically have to win out to assure themselves 
a spot in the playoffs now. I think they can do it. I'm not so sure they can get the bodies there each and every single week. That would that would mean beating us next week. We'll see who's on the mound for them, but it's going to be a tall task. That's uh, it's a game they really needed to have, um, and I think that's might prove to be really detrimental. As I mentioned, the Mariners, big victory, hitting the ball all over the yard, was able to shut that lineup down to two runs, which has been putting up double digits in a lot of weeks. Yeah. A lot of different weeks. You have to like that. And they just remain to be kind of the quietest story, I think, in the league. You look up, they have the same record as we do. But when we played them, they just didn't seem to be quite at that level. But obviously, they're proving it the weeks that they're not playing us uh, by going in and reliably winning and taking care of business when they have to. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and you know how baseball is. You can have an off week. It's not there. I, I think. I think it's safe to say that they're going to be dangerous no matter who they play. And I think that we are starting to figure out that there are, and we're down to maybe four teams who are going to be dangerous against anyone and really are, you know, it's a fair, fair thing to say. It's kind of a toss up on who's going to be, you know, there at the end of the year as we're closing in on said end of year. So we broke up into two divisions. And one of them is led by the Cardinals at 10 and two, followed by the Mariners at nine and three, the A's at eight and four, and the power at four and eight, who we think will not be a contender for the playoffs. On the other side, we have us atop our division in the number two seed right now as the winners of each division will get the one and two seeds. That's an important note. Uh, for the statisticians keeping track of this at home. I don't know who you are. We're atop that division at nine and three. The Padres are eight and four. The White Sox are seven and five. And the Braves are six and six. As we talk about playoff contenders, if the season ended today, the important note is the White Sox would be in the sixth position. The A's would be in the fifth. The Padres in the fourth the Mariners in the third, the Cubs number two, and the Cardinals one. Does that seem about right to you? Because I think that sounds about right, my experience, this point, 12 games through the season. Yeah, that sounds about right to me. Um, I do think think that the Cardinals in the one seed are at risk of that one seed if they do what they did yesterday against – any of those teams in that division. I mean, I still think the power, they're not a contender for being a playoff team, but they're still a contender to knock some people off with that offense. And, you know, who knows? It's good pitching performance can change everything. So, you know, if somebody pulls it together for a game against a good club, you, you might, you might see them knock somebody off. So I would be, uh, I wouldn't be surprised. That's, I wouldn't be surprised. And I think that that division and our division isn't easy either, but I do think that that division is tough. And I think that's going to be, that's a lot of meaningful games in a row. Yeah, it's, it's really tough at the top and them all playing each other could jumble it any which way, you know, with this loss, the Cardinals moved to just a game ahead of the Mariners over there. And, you know, the A's, if they keep playing this baseball, if the Cardinals lose two more times could certainly catch them in terms of our division, we are up a game on the Padres with the tiebreaker. So 
That means when we play the Padres, we got to win again. Yeah, uh, We can afford a loss, I think, as long as we beat the Padres to emerge on that side as the number two team. It's going to be a tall order. But again, you look at the, seat, the teams that we have to play, the Braves will be no picnic and the White Sox will be no picnic down the stretch. And then it can't be stressed enough that our final game of the year, as we set this up at the midway point for the teams to play about where they were in the standings, we will be playing the Cardinals in the season finale, which is going to be an absolute monster for both divisions. Yeah, that's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. I'm really, I'm hoping next week I can see a few more games. I was busy this week and didn't get to catch a whole lot more than the Cardinals A's game. But I think, you know, seeing, seeing what everybody else is doing and what dugouts look like and how the momentum is, is looking, I think is going to be really interesting because this is something that hasn't been done before the two divisions thing. And I think it has the potential to, you know, make people uncomfortable and maybe play a little different. So hopefully, uh, hopefully we get everybody's best on this last month here. I agree. It's going to be interesting to see how people deal with the pressure. My last thought on the week is my big observation about everything that went down is how long this season is and how much things can change because yeah. we say week to week there's ebbs and flows, but you really get to see which is the most consistent time when you have two weeks layoff, and we're going to probably have another two-week layoff in here with the All-Star game being scheduled in two weeks now. It's about the players that are in for the long haul because you yep. can have anybody kind of drop in and be part of the team for two months or over the span of two months. But it's just so long and difficult to get a competitive team there every single Sunday during the summer. And I think it shows the teams that have the most depth are able to find it when they need to like the A's and it's, you just look at what the top of this league is. It's the length required to do it, the stability, but it's also the thing that people probably don't talk enough about and took me a while to realize is just the recruiting and you only get better through recruiting and yeah, for sure. gaining players from teams or new players that can help you out at any time of the season. You need early season people, you need late season people, you need playoff performers, you need a little bit of everything. And if you're not constantly building in this league, I think it's to the point where you are going to get surpassed because everybody else is doing it and realizing the value in doing it. Yep. And as the league gets bigger and as we continue to add teams, what the rules are about who can play when I guarantee will become more of an issue. I don't think it's really been much of an issue to this point, but it was, it was something we were discussing about, uh, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago was just, all right. So if it becomes, we got 20 teams and there's only three teams that have all of the good players because they're the ones who have the connections and or whatever that is, you know, how are we going to mitigate that is an interesting uh, conversation for, you know, for next season. Yep. But I think the thing that can be done about it is um, you don't want to say there can be contraction, but there can be contraction. If we go to 10 teams next year, two of the teams that are lost weren't really interested in building, but they combine to take the best players from those teams. I think that's kind of how you do it is you combine sure. teams to join a new one. So maybe the size of the league shifts and you know moves up and down a little bit year to year. But 
through like a five or 10 year process, really everybody gets a little bit better because it's only like the top 200 players or whatever are playing. Uh, and it's right. like being a, a bigger difference between like the top and bottom tier of the league. Well, to next week we go. Off we go. We got a big one. We got to continue to win. It was fun being out there. Good vibes, good times in the dugout with Jeremy Stokes. I appreciate it, man. Oh, anytime. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.